gentlemen, welcome once more to this episode of the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. Um, I am still waiting for my guest. Uh, today I will be talking with Vajra Fati, if I am pronouncing that correctly. Um, Western man trying to pronounce Eastern names. But yeah, um, I'll, I'll ask him how to uh, exactly pronounce that. And we will be talking about Tantra and Mayan astrology, which should be interesting. And I see that he is here now. So let's bring him in. Hello. Hi, Stijan. Good day. It's Stein, actually. But Stein, sorry, I, I yes, had a no, rough guess there. That's that's perfectly yeah, that's perfectly fine. Uh, you're um, not the first to pronounce my name that way. I think you're about the fifth or sixth um, <laughs> okay. by now. It's uh, it seems to be a popular way of pronouncing my name. But um, welcome, thank you for uh, thank you for joining. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. How exactly do I pronounce your name before I uh, before I butcher it for the entire show? <laughs> so my birth name is Fatih, and my spiritual name is Vajra. Okay. Okay. Right. So, so choose which whichever fits you. <laughs> whichever well, uh, Fatih is uh, is easier. I'm I'm not that good with uh, with those Eastern names. Sanskrit names. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, what you get. You know, us as Dutchies, we have very simple names. Um, but um, yeah, thanks for joining. Um, introduce yourself. Uh, what do you What do you do? Why tantra? Where can we uh, Where can we find your work? Tantra wise, uh, my journey started around fifteen years ago. Um, and before that, it was a major need for me to fix my sexual life and actually to merge with my spiritual life. And Tantra was the perfect mix because it brings together um, sexuality with spirituality. Like you use your mm -hmm. sexual energy or libido for evolution and for um, you know better meditations and sublimation and all that. So... Uh, where can you find my work? Um, I think you're going to share this link um, that I sent you previously. And I have a book on Amazon that's written specially for men who want to learn Tantra, use it there in their lives, not just for their sexual life, but also for their spiritual evolution, their mental power or even power at the gym, you know, because it makes a big difference if you do some sort of what we call sperm economy and recycle your sperm energy, that will give you a lot of benefits. Yeah, I have, um, I have heard a lot about that. It's very, uh, it's a very popular topic within the, uh, the pagan circles as well, that um, don't just waste your, um, well, your, your life energy um basically and it's uh it's funny to see how that's how that's a thing um 
in in pretty much every culture because does it in in your experience does that really make that much of a difference because i know with um you know the the top athletes they'll go well let's say dry um a week two weeks before their um before their big match to um to save up all the uh, all the energy and all the testosterone does it really make that much of a difference or is that you know just something that's grown into into facts but has no no basis really well uh like i can tell you only anecdotally anecdotally like myself i had a very poor health when i was a kid and i was super skinny have a very bad immune system you know getting sick every winter eating a lot of antibiotics and stuff like that so when i was in my um, early 20s even i always had low drive low libido low energy and um, so when it, when i became like late 20s or 30 years old it was obvious that when i ejaculate i lose a lot of energy so for me it was more like a mandatory thing to apply in my life rather than something <laughs> preferential you know because mm -hmm. i have this really bad uh, foundation in my health so for me yeah. it's essential really to uh, have an economy you know like not just to waste it all the time but regulate the ejaculation frequency and go as long as I can without ejaculating, even if I have a sexual partner. So for me, it was life-changing. But now I've been coaching um, guys into Tantra. And just yesterday, actually, I was having a conversation with a very young client of mine. He's like 18 years old. And he was saying, oh, wow. um, when I don't ejaculate for a certain amount of time, I become super powerful at the gym. He's doing boxing. And he's like, mm. wow, I'm so powerful. I have like endless energy i want to keep this thing for the rest of my life i'm just like yeah right you know like it's a it's a how can i say you know like it's, there's not so much scientific research done on that unfortunately but, but anecdotally it works for most guys i would say that's fa that's fascinating and um i've i've watched um some of your videos and this is also a um okay a much well much debated topic much heated topic is there a difference between um masturbation and um having sex when it comes to ejaculation and spending that energy um because what at least what i hear a lot in the um, in the pagan circles because you know we're it's such a uh, a warrior community and focused on uh the divine masculine and div divine feminine that's mm -hmm. when it's with uh with your partner that's uh that's somehow different because that's the way you know nature right. intended it that's the way the gods intended it and if you do it by uh by your own hands by means of masturbation then it's a and it's just a waste because it's not, you know, it's not going anywhere. It doesn't serve a, uh, doesn't serve a purpose. Um, is that in, uh, in Tantra, does that, um, does that go for that as well? Or is there really no, no difference between the two? Well, if you talk about traditional Tantra, 
in the traditional sense, basically the recommendation is to keep what we call brahmacharya. And hey there. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> so Brahma means the creative force and Acharya mm -hmm. means the control of it, like kind of I, I translate it into uh, regular English as economy of it. So, so basically, the recommendation is not to ejaculate at all for men. Um, okay. There are some certain people who can manage that. And mostly the ones who can manage that, they don't have a sexual life at all. And they're not, I wouldn't call them tantric. They're like yogic or, or they're following a certain spiritual path like Christianity or Sufism or Buddhism. Mm -hmm. And they manage somehow, rarely, I guess, to not ejaculate at all and take it under control, full control, and sublime all this energy for meditations, better meditations, have a higher spiritual heart and willpower and all that. Um, so this is traditional Tantra. Oh, sorry, this is a more spiritual, uh, traditional spiritual path. In Tantra, we still try to have the same goal even though we have a sexual life or a masturbation life so so this is the ideal scenario when it comes to your question uh, i would say that if a man ejaculates with his partner there will be less of this draining of the energy because with a woman you know woman is shakti in tantra right she's the source of energy and we have the yin yeah. and yang energy that we exchange during sexual intercourse intercourse and um, there's more energy with us. But if a man ejaculates alone in a masturbation, it will drain the energy much more than compared to when he ejaculates with a woman, basically. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that, that does. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I was, I was curious cause I've, I've hearing, I've been hearing so much, um, so much about that mm -hmm. and it, it does make sense because um intercourse at least with a with a loved one that is a um a form of energy exchange of course uh and it's funny you you mentioned um it you know being a thing in uh, all these religions and christianity as well and my mind immediately went to the um like all those monks and nuns that are uh mm -hmm. celibates and um are able to you know, commune with their uh, with their God because of their uh, their celibacy, and yeah, it just goes to show how um, how powerful that is. And yeah, um, but um, one question I would like to ask, because there is some uh, some debate um, about that. I've I've heard that uh, the the Buddha, the you know, the Buddha that we all know, um, him sitting under the tree and reaching enlightenment, uh, that it was not necessarily him just um, praying and meditating, but that he was actually uh, he was actually having sex with a with a partner. Um, do you? perhaps know anything about that because that's that sounds kind of like uh illumination or enlightenment through tantra uh there there's always some there's always a hot debate about how buddha uh, or the buddha uh reached enlightenment 
Well, I didn't know this story about Buddha, like um, Gautama the Buddha, the most famous one, uh, mm-hmm. who got enlightened like 2,500 years ago. I know that he was tempted by the images of women and the idea of having sex right before having nirvana. And he somehow passed that test because he was a celibate. He was not practicing sexuality, as I know. Uh, yeah. But in Tibetan, Tibetan culture, in Tibetan Tantra and Tibetan Buddhism, Vajrayana Buddhism, um, there are a lot of masters in the history that we know that were having sexual life. And they were reaching enlightenment through sexual acts. So they were practicing hardcore Tantra, you know. In Tibetan <laughs> tradition, we hear a lot of these legendary stories. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was gonna be my um my next question, like if it is indeed possible, because uh it is of course seen as a um a act of love, act of divine love, the the connection between man and woman. Um so it is possible to uh to reach enlightenment that way. Um well, it's, it's, it is quite difficult. It is quite yeah. challenging. Like any way of reaching enlightenment is not easy, but it mm-hmm. is possible. But it's going to require a whole lot of, um, of self-sacrifice, a whole lot of um, just a whole lot of, lot of energy. Uh, that's, that's interesting. I, uh, it's in I mean, not easy task for sure. You know, like a lot of, People, they practice Vipassana meditations, doing some sort of hardcore spiritual practice, and they can't still reach enlightenment. And it's not because there's a karmic load that needs to be cleaned. There are a lot of um, criteria to be able to achieve that goal. And it's very, very rare. And even in today's world, it's even rarer, more rare. And um, also when you talk about Tantra, sexual Tantra, you need to find the right partner that you can walk through this path together. And it's, you know, like it's already difficult to find one person who is fit for that. And you need to, now you, you need to have a team, you know, two partners need to have that. And um, as I know, like in today's world, like it's mostly dominated by Neo Tantra, people don't bother so much about enlightenment. But what is more important is probably to have a, a healthy spiritual sexual life. And they go through their own therapeutic stages, like they apply sexuality as a therapy. And I'm quite drawn into the neo-tantra as well. You know, like I'm both a traditionalist and a neo-tantrist, if if it makes sense. I believe in a synthesis of things, like to be able to walk a more harmonious life. Yeah, that that makes sense. But um, yeah, I can imagine it in, in these days being a lot harder with all the um oh let's let's call it as it is the the cheap sex and um the temptations all around us like imagine if you know if the buddha having a uh, a hard time controlling himself imagine now in you know in the 21st century with it you know being widely available pretty much everywhere that's um that's for sure gonna be a uh a big challenge. Uh, what what exactly is the um, the difference between the uh, what is called a classic tantra and neo tantra? And um, 
like what do you consider to be the um the better way is there a a better way because it's it's always an application of um old ways into a new society yeah. Well, I would say uh, the traditional Tantra, as I mentioned, uh, they rely on this principle of Brahmacharya. You know, uh, women has a different way to keep it. Men have a different way, and especially uh, through sperm retention. And it's like a foundation. If there's no sperm retention, there's no Tantra in the traditional sense. But when it comes to new Tantra, this doesn't matter at all. Like, it's there are more important concepts like uh, innocence and uh, being aware in the relationship, opening your heart, you know, like being aware of the projections you have on your partner, like especially uh, the opposite sex parents' projections. Like, if I'm a man, am I projecting my mother to my partner? If I'm a woman, am I projecting my father to my partner? Becoming aware of them, like these kind of psychological attributes. I would say Neo Tantra is more like a psychological, like a social sciences approach to sexuality mm -hmm. and traditional tantra is a little bit more like a natural sciences approach like be aware of your energy control your um, like sperm and open your chakras you know it's like technical it's more technical and i believe there's no good way uh, i wouldn't say this is better than the other i believe we need both because yeah. i i think brahmacharya like um, at least regulating the frequency of ejaculation is very important for a man um, mm -hmm. to have more energy, to have more positive emotions, to have better meditations. At the same time, be aware of the psychological aspects, you know, like have a good philosophy about life, be aware of the social conditionings that are coming through society and decondition yourself from them. The condition the influence of the parents on you or grandparents or teachers you know mm -hmm. like there's in the freudian sense there's this what we call superego like there's its ego and the superego and superego is what we learn as a kid from the society from the parents so these are sometimes very limiting so we need to break free from them to have a more extended experience with sexuality you know like get rid of the unhealthy shame excessive guilt and these feelings around sexuality and masturbation so these are also like uh, challenges these are obstacles that we need to get rid of to walk on the path but if this person doesn't care at all about the sperm economy i think it's gonna uh, bring another obstacle like so and that's why i i believe we need both of these approaches yeah yeah that's that seems seems right um so far we've been talking a lot about uh tantra for men and um uh you know ejaculating but is there a uh or are there tantra practices for women as well because um you know they have a whole other you know a whole other t uh, type of body and how they uh experience and enjoy sex is you know vastly different mm -hmm. of course and um they don't you know of course they don't have the issues of uh you know ejaculating and it's spending so much energy so what's what is the or what are the um practices for women well again talking from the traditional tantra sense 
um, they can also waste their energy through sexual acts. Like, um, so because basically the tantric path technically is to sublime the energy, you know, like take that sexual energy and start circulating in your body and start uh, raising it up to the higher energy centers, the higher chakras. The Taoist approach is a little bit different. They suggest that you need to bring it back. Like, like there's this microcosmic orbit meditation. So the goal yeah. is to circulate it through your body, keeping it a little bit on the crown chakra, but then circulating it back. The tantrics believe one directional traffic, like you just need to bring it here to the crown chakra so that you can have enlightenment. The Taoists mm -hmm. are compared to tantrics, they're a little bit more uh, world oriented, matter oriented. So, mm -hmm. so there's this difference there. But strictly, if you're talking about tantra, um, again, we a woman need to sublime the energy, and for that they need to have open channels like the nadis in the yoga sense. The energy channels need to be open so that the energy can be circulated, moved upwards. And actually, there is uh, two different ways of orgasming. What I call them a masculine orgasm and a feminine orgasm. And a man can have a masculine orgasm or a feminine orgasm. And a woman can have a female orgasm, feminine orgasm, or a masculine orgasm as well. So what masculine orgasm is, like, there is this um, scale of pleasure that's going up, up, up during the sexual act. And then there is this point of no return. And there's an explosion of pleasure. And then you go all the way down to zero level. So this yeah. is a masculine orgasm. And some women have an orgasm like that. They, they need a refractory period of some minutes. They can't have an orgasm after another. And this means that in Tantra, they lost some of their precious energy, which we call mm -hmm. ojas. Like they wasted some of their precious, precious energy. So, of course, it's much easier for a woman to learn a feminine orgasm, which is um, to circulate the energy instead of going up like like uh, climbing up the Everest mountain, just going in a valley. So the pleasure is going up and a little bit down and up a little bit. So it's much more extended time of sexual intercourse. And that can turn into an orgasm. Some, somebody can have a 20, 30, 40 minutes of nonstop orgasm. And for a woman, it's much easier to achieve. But men can achieve it too if they really attune with their inner feminine, work with their feminine orgasm. It is possible. Of course, if both partners are part uh, practicing this, it's much more easier. So they need to learn some, I mean, women need to practice some uh, pelvic floor contractions like Kegel exercises or Mula Bandha, as in yogic sense. And mm -hmm. Yoni Egg practices will help a lot, you know, like a lot of tantric women practice Yoni Egg. And there's also another aspect for women, which is to keep their... Um, try to have an economy or recycling of the matter and the energy that is lost in the bleeding days, like the menstruation. Oh, so yeah. yeah. It's like, as it sounds for a man to circulate the sperm, it is also quite difficult idea to accept and apply the recycling of the menstruation energy, the egg, because... I'm not talking about, uh, by the way, stopping the menstrual cycle. Menstrual cycle is something really healthy. But tantric women, they practice uh, on their bleeding days especially to try to recycle and reduce the amount of bleeding and reduce the amount of energy that is lost. And it is very possible, like especially if she's a yogini, like she's practicing yoga 
it would be yeah. easier. And like, I know a lot of examples where even my friends, they come and tell me, hey, Fatih, like I was bleeding for four days. Now I'm applying what you're talking about. It's now reduced to two days. Even that is quite, you know, like that oh. will empower that woman, you know, they will have more energy. Sure. Ah, okay. I know and have known a lot of women who will definitely, uh, definitely benefit from that because my, um, definitely my fiance, unfortunately, she's uh, still asleep at the moment. We're at an eight hour time difference. So for her, it's still very early oh. in the morning. But this is definitely something I'll, uh, I'll share with her because uh, that time of the month is uh it's always a challenge um yeah um i mentioned earlier that um uh, you know sex and uh, sexuality and all it it really changed over the um, the last decades were a lot more freer and easier in it it's a lot more accessible uh do you see a uh, a difference with that in your uh, in your clientele as well with the people that you are training you mentioned um 18 year old uh well kid basically coming to you because he had issues uh with that which is really young i mean at, at 18 uh, myself at least i was just you know starting to get active um in that so to already have issues with that that's quite me too early my story yeah. is not so different yeah like i so, was uh, when i started practicing tantra i was 29 basically so he's much he's gonna get be much better than me if he continues like that. <laughs> i mean yeah but um you know with sex being um well, being so so easily talked about and it's it's shown everywhere from the magazines that are openly displayed um in the in the newsstands to you know even commercials on uh on television portraying acts and in movies to you um do you see a difference in that uh like in your clientele are there more people who uh, who have these problems or have, um, you know, have problems who are, you know, bigger, have a lot more, a uh, lot more issues with their, uh, their self-control now that it is so easily accessible. Mm -hmm. uh, you mean uh, they have uh, problems controlling the ejaculation? Yeah. Or, or... yeah. Uh, controlling their, their own, sexual energy like the the desires mm -hmm. and temptations just being too yeah there are more temptations for sure yeah. like since the porn industry started like i don't know when 1980s or 90s i mean the modern culture is somehow encouraging men to ejaculate as often as possible yeah. and according to my tantra master this is like a, almost like a conspiracy because when you look at the historically, like men who were living 100 years ago, like our great grandfathers or our grandfathers, they were ejaculating much less. Like they were mostly in a monogamous relationship. 
like, and their wife was mostly having a pregnancy, you know, like they were having more kids than we are today. And what happens when a woman is uh, pregnant, you know, like most of the time she doesn't have sex. After birth, there's a period of time that she can't have sex or she doesn't want to have sex. And then soon after she gets another pregnancy and, you know, like she doesn't have sex when she's having periods, you know. So, and men wouldn't masturbate. There wouldn't be porn. Like there wasn't this culture of masturbation, ejaculation as often as today. So men on average were ejaculating much less. Like maybe they were ejaculating 10 or 20 times per year. And now we're ejaculating 10. Yeah. Like if you make the math, you know, like because he can only do it with his wife and his wife is not available a lot of the time. So, and because they're busy, like there's wars, there's struggles. They don't have so much time to have sex. You know, like sex wasn't so much, as you said, free and accessible as today. So, and, and scientifically, there is some data that is backing up this too, which tells us that the overall sperm fertility and overall testosterone levels in men have plummeted dramatically over the last 30, 40 years. You, yeah. you can even go to this, um, like, um, Shana Swan, Dr. Shana Swan. She's a scientist who has been studying this. And there's this YouTube channel called After School. And they made mm. he made a few videos with her, which explains how dramatic the testosterone levels and sperm fertility is dropping, which cannot be genetical. Like, it's so fast that a genetical, like, there's only one or two generations, like, Genetical changes takes much more generations. So, and the reason they find out was mostly uh, like plastics and BPA in our, you know, like in the food, the food water bottles on our clothes, the air that we breathe, and some other factors as well, which are basically killing testosterone in men. So there is today a, a epidemic of low testosterone, you know, and there are a lot of, you know, I have friends who are running companies of supplements that raise testosterone naturally and i also know trt testosterone replacement therapy is very popular because we men the modern men we need we need to do something about it and therefore this is a major problem by the way because according to this uh doctor she's not a medical doctor but this scientist woman shana swan she says that if we continue like this and which we will most probably uh in 20 or 30 years later the birth rates will start dropping, like the overall population of the world will start dropping uh, mm-hmm. and it will not recover. It Ooh. will not recover. Yeah, so in like 50 years or 100 years, we are talking about extinction of human species from the planet because of this, these reasons. So some people, even some governments like the Japanese government, because Japan is one of the worst countries in the world concerning this, I've, they have I've heard really that before. very very yeah yeah but but uh, she opened my eyes it's not just japan you know almost all the asian countries all the western countries european countries northern american countries and even countries like latin americans or third world countries are now also in the same band same bandwagon so it's a global crisis it's a major crisis and one of my mission is to wake people up to these facts uh, because tantra is a remedy for that you know like um so there are two things that we fundamentally do in tantra as men one of them mm-hmm. is to uh do the sperm economy so you uh, ejaculate less often that 
helps a lot with sperm fertility and helps a lot with testosterone levels. On the other hand, there are also other natural things that you can do uh, to raise your sperm levels, sperm fertility, sperm health, and also testosterone levels. And if you combine them both, it becomes very powerful. First of all, you're, uh, uh, you know, like um, light of hope for the future as humanity because you can continue fertilizing women. You know, like this kind of a man will be more valuable as time passes. And also it will become, mm-hmm. it will make you more masculine man. You know, you become, you become more attractive. You'll have better sexual life. Your partner will be satisfied much better. So I think Tantra is even if something very, very old and traditional and some of these um, strict rules cannot be applied by the modern man. I think modern men will still have a lot of benefits from Tantra. Yeah. Yeah, I think we definitely uh, we definitely will. Um, we have all seen the um, the pictures of our uh, our grandfathers at like 20 years old, you know, built like a like a brick house with you know no no exercise really whatsoever just you know living a uh, a active life and yeah but t- 10 to 20 times a year i mean uh, there are uh, i'm i'm willing to believe that there are men or you know boys in their their teens nowadays who ejaculate maybe 10 20 times a day because it's and i've seen that um as well especially with um the rise of consumerism you're uh you're always mm-hmm. told to just you know consume just sit on the couch and you know have your food delivered just eat fast food and play games and watch videos and don't do anything uh anything productive it's it's really uh consumerism is really being pushed while well, you would think that if it is indeed such a um, a big problem that the overall level of testosterone in men is dropping, um, you would think that the you know the people in charge would would do anything uh, or do something about about that. You know, promote uh, you know people like like you more, for example, because I I do believe that. Um, like maybe that does go hand in hand with um, the decline of spirituality, uh, even if it's Christian. Yeah, because um, you know a lot of spirituality is focused, of course, on you know being uh, being the best that you can be. Uh, paganism, uh, Germanic paganism, North European paganism. As um, men, we are expected to be you know, real men, we're expected to, um, to exercise, to be the, um, the guardians, to be the head of the household. So I think that, um, that really, really helps with that. Uh, there, there is a, a rise again in, uh, in spirituality, in paganism. And I do, I do have some hope uh, for the for the future, I believe it, it can still be um, be reversed. Although it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a big challenge. It's uh, yeah, it is challenging. It is. Um, 
I think one of the aspects of the modern culture that is not really helpful is this um, widespread feminist ideas that, you know, like contem contemporary feminists, especially, you know, like man is toxic, testosterone is bad, you know, like all these things and we can do better. You know, yeah. of course, I believe in the equality of the genders, but um, we also have a nature, you know, and our nature is biological and it's gender based. And um, so a lot of men, unfortunately, feel like they are um, canceled, you know, like they're suppressed because of their masculinity. And they think that, oh, this, this is the way to go. You know, and you just order your pizza, watch Netflix and ejaculate as often <laughs> as you can. Yeah, it's not really helpful in spirituality. Like in spirituality, we have this concept from the again from Tibet, uh, the concept of bodhicitta. In Tibetan Buddhism, bodhicitta means the Buddha mind. You know, like a mind where it's not uh, so much reactive, is not creating so much samskaras. On the contrary, you know, meditative and compassionate, and um, reduce the karma. And yeah, go one step closer to nirvana every time. So, but bodhicitta has another meaning, which is the sperm. So the more sperm a man loses, the more Buddha mind he will stay away from. You know, like, and the more sperm you can recycle, the more Buddha mind you can have. I mean, you know, like anybody listening to this podcast, you know, like I just encourage to do a like kind of an experiment because everything that I'm saying might be, you know, like. What is it? Why is what is it talking about? You know, like, is there any proof? Is there any evidence? I would say become your own scientist and make your own experiment and don't believe in any dogma, even I'm telling you know, like it's a dogma for you because it's not your experience if it's not a good experience. So make your experiment, yeah. for example, try not to I mean have a dedication to ejaculate less often or don't ejaculate for 20, 30 days or 40 days, you know, like whatever is your limit is, and then see how your meditations are going on you know how your spiritual practice is going on is your prayers feeling more vital you know more connected with the divine or not enjoy listening to podcasts and ever wonder can i make a podcast but it seems so complicated and good audio production can take time what if there was a way to create an amazing podcast easily well now there is Introducing podcasting made easy from Podtastic Audio. My production team will handle your entire audio production, allowing you to be the star of your show. This is podcasting made easy. How easy? Well, so easy, you don't even have to press record. Now that's easy. Your listeners are waiting. Let's deliver. Sign up for a free strategy call today at podcasticaudio.com slash easy just an experiment yeah yeah that's the, yeah that's the the best thing you can do just ex experiment for um, for yourself you know see see what um, what works for you and um, it's it's come to the um, to the point in you know society i mean this has been a uh, it's been a trend for well quite a few uh few years now every year in uh february and november there are these hmm. challenges uh no fab february and oh. no not november um 
but it's it's I come to the that. point that yeah no there's it's it's kind of an kind of an internet meme um but it i'm just saying it has come to the point that you know it's become a meme that it's become a a challenge to you know not ejaculate or not you know lay your hands on yourself for a full month and it's well it should be it shouldn't be that that hard i mean we you know we all know it is because it's so you know freely available and widely available and mm -hmm. uh, as you as you mentioned feminism definitely has a uh, a role to play in that because men aren't allowed to be men anymore and i am I, I'm, I have to be, uh, I have to be careful with saying this, of course, but I think that uh, perhaps this is also f why uh, transsexuality has, um, has become such a, a hot topic, become such a, uh, has become a thing that um, is more openly talked about. Because I, I can imagine if you're not allowed to uh to be a man and you suppress that for you know for as much as you can that at a certain point um you know your energy will flip you know if i'm not allowed to be a man then you know perhaps i am a woman but I, it's, or at least it's, there are a lot of um feminine men in the world today you know um there's a very I would say authoritative, famous author on Tantra from the US, David Deida. And he talks about these three stages of evolution. So on the first stage, men are typical men, you know, like our grandfathers, you know, like, uh, and the women are like housewives, you know, typical submissive housewives. With the feminism in 1960s, uh, mm -hmm. women started having more masculine qualities, you know, like they have uh, now they have a goal, they can put on the pants and have a career, you know, like become very powerful. They know what they want. They're independent. And at this, almost at the same time, this feminine men started evolving, you know, like these hippie guys with long hair and playing the guitar all day long, doing nothing, have no purpose at all, just enjoying the moment, which is a feminine quality. I, I'm not putting them down. I was one of them. So, but <laughs> data, data suggests that uh, this is the second stage relationship where this uh, partner is coming together and there's not enough polarity in this. So we need a third stage uh, model of relationships in which uh, women have, a, they embrace their inner masculine, they are strong and independent, but when it comes to relationship, they uh, play the feminine role and men have their inner feminine completely in touch with their inner feminine. They can cry in society, in public, it's not a matter at all. Uh, they can enjoy the moment but when it comes to relationship, they play the masculine role. And it's very hard to find a third-stage man and third-stage woman. Uh, but this is the way to go, I think. So it's not against feminism. It's not against uh, homosexuality, I think. You know, like I have gay friends. You know, I don't have problem with gays, lesbians, bisexuals. I think the transsexuality has been a little bit too much polarized these days. And there are some problems with that. But I don't want to go into it right now. No, that's, uh, that's but okay. My yeah, but my point is, uh, you know, it's, it's all about perspective, really. And we can still embrace our natural uh, gender roles 
embracing the other gender within as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think traditional relationships, traditional gender roles um, should be implemented more again. And uh, what you just said about men also having to um, to accept and be able to display that um, well, feminine side of themselves, you know, the, the softer, more caring side, that's... Uh, that's a problem as well. I, I know from my, my own experience uh, when I was younger, you know, uh, I was always told, you know, men don't cry because, you know, that's a, that's a sign of weakness. Like you're a man, toughen up, just be strong, be stoic, don't let anything face you. Um, and that's that's brought some real real issues for me. It took me a while to, um, and still working on it, to accept that um, that feminine part in myself. And it's it's always, it's well, not always, but a lot of time, uh, the men who are under attack, you know, first, we're not allowed to, to feel, uh, I guess the only thing that we were allowed to feel was anger, because, you know, we're the guardians, we're the protectors, and anger is um you know can be used against the outside against all the enemies and all and now we're not even allowed to to be men anymore because anything masculine anything you know slightly um slightly male dominated is toxic and um on the other hand women like now are the same as men even though men are toxic it's 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 getting really confusing um which is why i think that you know talks like these are are so important and uh, the work that you do is is so important because it is traditional and it's traditional for for a reason there is I mean, not saying that toxic masculinity isn't a thing. It's absolutely, it's a thing. You know, it is mm. still very much all around us, uh, but not every form of masculinity is toxic. And yeah, it's it's a, it's a big challenge. But I I do believe that the uh, to just for starters, let's um, let's go back to the the traditional men and women you know the traditional male and female roles i mean it worked for thousands of years so i don't i personally don't see why it's it shouldn't work now as well yeah i mean we are living in a different age for sure and we need to understand what kind of a life, what kind of a world we are living in. We are living in a post-feminist era, you know, like we have LGBT rights and all, like all that. So I think if um, the main, well, one of the main Western values is freedom, right? We have a freedom of choice. If people can choose to be a gay person or trans, trans person or a bisexual person, 
I think somebody should be able to choose a typical masculine man or typical masculine woman as well, right? So that's where the problem is, you know, like it's getting really hard to be able to play the typical roles. And it's kind of almost like an attack towards the family institution. So, yeah. and, and if, you, if you bring it together with this other idea that the fertility levels are going really low and the family is being under attack, um, it's not a very optimistic scenario, you know, like, okay, let's have as sex as, as we want, but what will happen 100 years later? There won't be anybody to have sex, you know, like. <laughs> so I think there is a counter uh, culture that is emerging from these conditions where a lot of, I, I see on social media, there's some influencers who are embracing these traditional roles. However, I believe it's very I, I would appreciate them in most ways, but there is still this problem of uh, being a little bit fanatic there and not embracing the other. Because if, you, if you're going to share this life, this planet, as a traditional man, I still need to respect the other, you know, the non, non-binary, you know, like gender personalities, you know, like... Yeah. If everybody respect each other, I think we could live in peace and harmony. But that's where the problem comes. The social media is a place where conflict is um, encouraged a lot. You know, like it's almost like the, the, the main algorithm of Facebook is like to create more conflict. You know, like people are, and yeah. it's like you're just behind the screen, behind the keyboard. You can attack and slap anybody, but this doesn't have a real influence. So it's, a, it's a huge problem as well. You know, like, um, so... It's an interesting time to live in, I think, in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I know exactly uh, what you mean. There is this uh, on, well, on social media, more so on um, on TikTok of all places. Um, mm. That's that's a very toxic platform to be on. Um, but the... Um, Trad wives, traditional wives, um, in you know, in the twenty first century, just uh, women who, who indeed have chosen to live that traditional lifestyle, you know, to um, to submit to uh, to their husband and to their children and be the um, be the homemaker and be the one who takes care of the children and the um, you know the husband goes to work and make sure that his wife and his children uh you know can live a good life that his his wife can be a um a homemaker can be a a traditional wife and there are so many people who will attack these women on the choice that they made because you know oh you submitted to your husband so you're saying you're less than him and you know girl boss and girl power and you should just you know get a job or be the ceo of your your own company because that's what makes you valuable as a woman to somehow be a man or act exactly like a man should but on the other hand if you take on that feminine role if you take on the mother role the care the caring role you are being attacked over it because uh, that's that's not 
Good. And I think so many people have the wrong idea of what it means to submit to your husband. That that doesn't mean yes. that that you are lower than him. Um, I I'm not. I'm still kind of figuring out what that's uh, what that means exactly. But what are your thoughts on that? How do you how do you see that? Because that's it's very much a uh, it's it's very much misunderstood and what it exact what it means exactly or what it actually means. There's little information out there, unfortunately. So, what are your thoughts on that? What's your opinion? How do you see that? Well, first of all, I think that every single human being is unique and every single one of us can have our own decisions. And I would say there's not a right way to live. At least there's not just one right way to live. You know, mm -hmm. I'm talking as an ex-vegan, you know, like I used to be feminist. I used to be very leftist. And now I realize that we are not living in the same world anymore. And uh, so like the leftist, leftist uh, ideology who have been favoring equality and all that, now they become a very authoritarian and techno technocratic governments are ruled by them, you know, like in the Western world, which is like, especially Canada, for example, is an interesting example mm. of that. New Zealand, Australia, even, you know, like Austria, Germany. So um, coming back to the point, every we need to, if you're talking about family, if you're talking about relationships, every family need to find what works for them. You know, like maybe for one typical family, uh, the wife is working more and the husband is babysitting more at home and he's maybe teaching the kids something about, you know, like he's homeschooling them, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And she is the breadwinner. I don't have problem with such a scenario if they are happy with that, you know, like what is important is that the family is together because yeah. <clears throat> the main problem is, I think, the way we raise our children. And there's a lot of trauma around it, especially if there's divorce, right? So yeah. if they can continue in that way, why not? If the children are happy, why not? But psychologically and biologically, men have more capacity to take that leading role of being the breadwinner, and women have a more caring role. They're more fit for that, you know? So I think everybody needs to be honest with themselves, you know, like, I'm a woman and I can do this better and I'm going to choose this role. And my husband is okay with that. They should be okay. You know, like, I think we shouldn't attack these people. You know, they should be lived happily ever after. And, like, there's a very interesting observation from Jordan Peterson. He talks about the Scandinavian societies, like Sweden, Norway, mm -hmm. uh, Denmark, and Finland. And they are very well known for their gender equality, right? You know, like they are the most advanced, they're liberated yeah. countries, you know, like they have all the positive qualities of the Western ideas. And when you look at the statistics um, in terms of choice of occupation, still nursing is mostly dominated by women and engineering is mostly dominated by men because their nature tends to go in those ways. Yeah, And of course, there is still this uh, pay gap, but they seem to be happy. You know, like these countries also have the highest happiness index in the world. You know, like people are happy. 
people choose these roles. They have enough abundance of money and everything. Uh, maybe they have other problems. Of course, each society has their own problems. But concerning this gender uh, roles, they seem to be fine. Yeah. Uh, it's How is your country? Because in that sense? Uh, the Netherlands... Oh, that's that's um, that's a good one. Uh, I know there are uh, like nursing jobs and working in uh, in ch uh, in daycare, child daycare, uh, teaching jobs at uh, at school. You know, when it involves children mostly, uh, or you know, having to take care of uh, of the elderly. That's that's mostly mostly women who do that uh, in construction, in, um, in food and beverage, especially in the, uh, in the kitchen. I've, I've worked uh, as a cook for 10, 10 plus years. Uh, security, you know, when you have to uh, be, you know, strict and uh, when a lot is at stake, the, that's a lot of, uh, that's more men. So yeah, it is, uh, Work-wise, um, it's very—it's uh, what you would what what you would expect. The, the teaching jobs and the nursing jobs are um, dominated by uh, by women, by the female gender, and all the uh, the physical labor jobs are uh, are dominated by men. That is not to say that uh, a construction or security or in the kitchen we don't have women working um of course we do but it's mostly men because when it comes to physical physical labor um men are stronger than women uh like in in general you know denser bone uh structure um bigger muscles stronger muscles I mean, don't ask us to you know, bear a child because that's that's a whole other kind of uh, of being strong. And I do not envy uh, women in in that way. You know, I'm I'm glad to be a man. Let's just let's put it that way. Um, but yeah, it's a Northern European country, so it's uh, it's very traditional here, and uh, I see it in my own. Uh, my own family as well, especially from my um, my mother's side, uh, and uh, especially my uh, my mother herself and my uh, my grandmother, my mother's mother. They are very loving and uh, and tender women, and want to uh, want to take care of uh, of the kids and their their grandkids. Uh, and my father is. Yeah, my father is that that stoic businessman. So you know he's a real, you know, playing uh, playing sports on uh, on Saturday. So yeah, very much traditional. I think that's um, yeah here in, in in Northern Europe in general. I think the the gender roles are still very traditional. Uh, you don't see that a lot. All the discussions here about the 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 gender pay gap and all it doesn't really it doesn't really live here fortunately i must say because mm -hmm. that's that brings 
so many many issues with it but yeah so i'm 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 happy to uh, i'm happy to see that i'm happy to see that the uh, there are still traditional roles here and that it's that it's accepted and that it comes natural as well because i think to um you're almost expected to go against your own nature uh, for the benefit of society or or something. And um, you know, I'm I'm all for it. You know, as you just said, if a if a woman if she wants to work, if she wants to be the uh, the main breadwinner, you know, do what makes you happy. That's that's perfectly fine with me i prefer um the traditional gender roles um my fiance thinks differently about that um like she she wants to work she wants to keep busy um i think that's she... fine you know like i mean as i said everybody's free to do whatever they want you know like are you thinking of having a child um, I have two uh, two children, but I am unfortunately ah. wrapped up in a uh, a legal battle with their uh, with their mother. Uh, ah, okay. She is so, so you're divorced. Uh, separated. I was uh, okay. I was never married, which okay. makes okay. it uh, gotcha. makes it even harder. But she uh, she is unfortunately not not allowing me to uh, to be a father, yeah. even though I really really want to be a father because my mm -hmm. uh my kids are a uh, they're a great gift they're a uh, a bright lights and i really wish they to are. Uh, to be with them but uh, with, i'm not in a my, different situation uh, yeah go ahead yeah no with my current fiance uh she is uh getting everything together getting all the the paperwork and all ready to uh to be able to move here to europe she's american and we uh we do want a um a child of our own okay so i guess you need to figure out before having the pregnancy <laughs> how everything will work out after the baby's born right you know? yeah I mean, I, I really appreciate a woman who can have babies and have their career at the same time, as long as it's the, the baby is really taken care, you know, because some of them, they really neglect their children. Their primary focus is their career. Um, but as I said, there could be solutions, you know, like the father can maybe take that space. And I think it's fine. You know, like, I don't think it's against masculinity. If, if, you have such a strong partner you know she, she's super powerful and successful in business you know I, I i am that type of a guy you know like i would accept it but if she's not and somebody needs to bring really good bread to the table and that's something that you can do a bit better than her you know like more efficient then mm -hmm. i guess it makes sense to go back to the traditional roles but all of that needs to be really well thought before going into parenting, I think. Yeah. They need to be discussed really thoroughly before, you know, going into this, I would say. Yeah. Well, my fiance, she, um, she 
does want to work, but um, I have told her many times, you know, then I, if I am um, a bigger proponent of the traditional, uh, traditional mm -hmm. family rules. But if you want to work, then do the work that, that you enjoy, you know, work because you want to, not because you have to. And I think that's, you know, more women could, uh, could learn from that because it's all about um you know you have to make money because you have to you know buy certain things or um you know you have to pay your bills and pay the rent or the mortgage or whatever and that that brings on a lot of stress and i think that's um you know maybe that's also a reason what uh for them the drop in fertility because of all the you know all the stress that's that comes with it because you're uh, you're held to such a a high standard you're held to such a high expectation um you know you want as a for example as a, as a woman if you want to have kids if you want to you know to be a mother be a stay-at-home mother it's a lot harder now than it was I don't know, like maybe even 30 years ago, you know, money is worth less and everything is more expensive. So there has to be a dual income. Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a challenge, but I, I think yeah. we can, I think we, we can go back to those times or well, go back yeah. is the, uh, is the wrong way of saying it. I think we can have those times again because going back is never yeah. never the option yeah i mean yeah the beauty of your beauty of the traditional roles is that uh, if the wife chooses to fully support his her husband that energy nurtures him a lot you know like yeah also talking from tantric perspective you know the women have the shakti power you know shakti energy and if she chooses that to nurture her men and the man is like a hero going out to the world and conquer, conquesting things and like becoming super powerful and successful, then there's more than enough uh, abundance for the family to continue. I think that's a good uh, formula, but it just needs to be uh, executed successfully. You know, like there shouldn't be any doubts in the <laughs> minds, you know, like everybody needs to be clear on their... Um, role models you know like because if there's this uh, skepticism you know like i'm not sure if i'm fitting this role you know like that's going to reduce efficiency a lot but looking at the traditional families there are a lot of couples like that even in the us they were super happy and successful you know having 30 40 50 years of marriage and she's a housewife he's a successful businessman or engineer or doctor or whatever i think it works it works as pe if people choose it consciously it will work very well yeah yeah it's it's also that's it that's beautiful that you mentioned that it's also very much about the uh the energy exchange you know it's uh it's a very common saying that ever um that behind every successful man is a loving wife and exactly. i think that is I think that is very much true. I am very much um, experiencing that with my uh, 
with my fiance, um, unfortunately, the mother of my children. Um, well, it's, there's there's a reason why we're wrapped up in a, in a legal battle, and there is now also a reason why I, um, you know, just started a new career. Why I am, uh, you know, doing these shows, doing this this podcast. It's because my fiance truly supports me in that and tells me honey if that's something you want to do if that's something you um you know that gives you the right kind of energy if you think you're you know if it's something you have fun doing then by all means do it and um now she's co-hosting even with me on uh, on some shows so Cool. Yeah, I, I finally, uh, after, well, enough years of, uh, of trying, I found out how it is to, to have a good woman behind you and how much, how much energy that's, um, that can give you, how, how much you are, um, like actually wanting to do things because with, um, the mother of my children, she is, very much a um a energy vampire she sucks up a lot of the uh a lot of the energy and makes makes life very difficult well um, that's her challenge as a man to come over <laughs> yeah well i mean i don't i i advise all can... men to uh, to stay away from her but I know it's a difficult situation, but the more you can embrace her, the more you can forgive her, the less harmful she will be, you know, like it's counterintuitive, I think. So you need to really detach yourself from the results, you know, like be really stoic in this sense, maybe just forget about seeing your children ever again. And if you become can become so detached, it will surprisingly change, start changing things. And I'm telling you this from my own experience. I also have a uh, daughter from my ex-wife and she used to be a very 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 difficult person and we had a lot of conflicts and we, we had all these stories like you, you will never see your child again kind of things um, but she saw that I don't have bad intentions I still support her financially I'm not her enemy and somehow we have peace right now and that is achievable yeah, I I do hope it's um, her and I will be able to uh, to achieve that someday. Yeah. Um, but that is at the moment that is my uh, my biggest challenge. Um, yeah. Fortunately enough, I do have a uh, a good woman now who uh, who supports mm -hmm. me in that and who uh, who stands yeah. by my sides and. Every once in a while, slaps me on the back of the head to uh, to wake me up. Um, That's good. We need that as men. <laughs> we need our kali, yeah. you know, just to cut our head yeah. off if we're not conscious enough. Because we have to be conscious, you know, especially if you're a father. We have a lot of responsibility and we need to be Shiva, you know, conscious, you know, centered as much as we can. And our uh, partner, our woman usually 
uh, kicks the hell out of us, hell out of us if we are doing something wrong, if you're not conscious enough. That kind of a yeah. partner, I think, is very beneficial for a man. Yeah, yeah, that is that is definitely my uh, my partner. Uh, she is a uh, she's a fiery woman, fire in uh, in her love, like a really warm love. But um, if I need to uh, to have a kick in the butt to uh, to set me straight, she's not afraid to give me one. So excellent. Blessings to her. Good, good for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. I'm I'm very very lucky to have her. It's been uh, it's been a fight, but we're uh, we're stronger now than uh, than we have been. Uh, I am definitely gonna gonna share this uh, this podcast with her. I I wish I could have her on as a uh, a co-host, but we started really early in the morning for uh, for her okay when she moves to but, europe we'll do it together three of us yeah yeah that sounds that sounds good i'll uh i'm i definitely yeah i would love that and i think she because uh, she is more of a uh, of a yogi she studies yoga and she's very much um she is more uh spiritual uh like more eastern spiritual she does more with eastern spirituality and um native american spirituality oh so excellent. yeah, yeah man, they I'm, are also very i'm very much into native american spirituality as well and honestly i think their ways are very traditional and very tantric too and they are very bound to traditional roles you know yeah um and 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 the most beautiful thing is like as in we've seen in tantra um you know there's this praising of the feminine principle the praising of mothers uh worshiping women you know of course it should be vice versa you know like men are also sacred in our divine form um so there's a lot of beauty and equality in those traditions so i think there's a lot of remedy in in this kind of uh environments like you know like i've been into native american spirituality like for nine years and joining a lot of ceremonies like native american church style i see the beauty of it it's it's really uplifting for me yeah well i'm i'm learning um a lot about it through my uh, my fiance of course and um yeah it's it's a very strong spirituality they are they are a very a very strong people um, and I think it's uh, indeed it's absolutely it's beautiful and we can we can learn learn um, a lot from them and I there is definitely overlap with other um, other spiritual beliefs other spiritual uh, systems if you will I believe that's uh, Native American and Eastern uh, spirituality there is a lot of overlap between the two and i've even seen some overlap with um with european paganism which is interesting because that comes from the um, the same source as eastern spirituality i've done other shows uh about that it just developed difference um mm -hmm. but yeah uh that's uh it's absolutely it's really really cool 
Um, I think I'll uh, I'll wrap it up here. We're uh, hour and 15, uh, 15 minutes in. It's been it's been a great talk. Um, I have learned uh, learned a lot more about uh, about tantra, and I do recommend everyone watching and everyone listening to uh, to go to Fatih his channel. You really have some uh, some great content and especially in uh in times like these um we can we can learn a lot and we should learn a lot about about healthy sexuality i think that's right that's the right way to uh to put it exactly right Stein. so it was a pleasure for me talking to you as well and thanks for having me yeah, no, you're uh, you're most welcome. Uh, is there anything that you uh, that you want to promote? Anything that you're currently working on? Well, if any man following this, uh, they are inspired, they can go to Amazon and get my book on Tantra for men. It's just one dollar, and if they are interested to get in touch with me, I think you have my uh, like a meta link. And they can find yeah. the way to have a free strategy call with me if they are considering coaching. Okay. Well, uh, all the links should indeed uh, be in the description. Uh, and trust me, guys, it's it's worth it. You'll uh, you'll learn a lot, and hopefully, eventually, uh, be able to to reach Nirvana or at least have a uh, healthy spiritual and healthy sex sexual uh, sexual life and experiences yeah. so uh Fati, again exactly. thank you very much for uh, for coming on it's been a pleasure thank you all who are watching thank you all who listened to this show and until next time see you guys